Hi guys, welcome to the World of Podcast. Hope you've been blessed by the previous episodes. I'm excited that you've joined in today. Let's get right into it. Isaiah chapter 64 and verse 8, the NLT. And yet, O Lord, you are our Father. We are the clay and you are the porter. We all are formed by your hand. I'll take it again. And yet, O Lord, you are our Father. We are the clay and you are the porter. We all are formed by your hand. To give it a better context, I'll read the preceding verse into this verse of the day. It says, For since the world began, no ear has heard, no eye has seen a God like you, who works for those who wait for him. He welcomes those who gladly do good, who follow godly ways. But you have been very angry with us, for we are not godly. We are constant sinners. How can people like us be saved? We're all infected and impure with sin. When we display our righteous deeds, they are nothing but filthy rags. Like autumn leaves, we wither and fall, and our sins sweep us away like the wind. Yet, no one calls on your name or pleads with you for mercy. Therefore, you have turned away from us and turned us over to our sins. And yet, O Lord, you are our Father. We are the clay and you are the porter. We all are formed by your hand. Reading through gives us better insight to the preceding events that led to the children of God making that statement today. They had forsaken God in their lives and turned to other things. They were said to be constant sinners, living lives that were not pleasing to God. In the midst of their sin, they did not count it worthy to plead for God's mercy. They turned away from God and God turned them over to their sins as he would not behold iniquity. What does this tell us? The decision is ours if we want to establish a relationship with God or not. He's right there waiting but will not coerce us to doing what we're not interested in. Bible says, draw close to God and he will draw close to you. So there must be willingness on our part to turn from our wicked and sinful ways to God's righteousness. When they came back to their senses, just like the prodigal son, they cried to God, Yet, O Lord, you are our Father. Although we have forsaken you and walked the path of unrighteousness, yet you are our Father. Although we have not been true representatives of who your children should be, yet you are our Father. I don't know how far gone you are in the wrong path. I'd like you to recognize, just like the Israelites did, that you've got a father who can find you no matter how lost you are. You cannot be too lost for him to find. His positioning system knows exactly where you are. GPS to me means God's positioning system, which is forever accurate. I've been helped by Google Maps several times, I must confess, 
but the Google map has also misled me to the back of houses through which I could not gain access, and I had to spend time finding my way around. As effective and helpful as Google Map is, it is not perfect. The only perfect system is God's system. He is not only able to find you where you are lost, but take you to where you are destined to be. But you must acknowledge first that He is God. Hebrews says anyone who comes to God must first believe that He exists and that he is a rewarder of those who seek him diligently. So my question to you is, what do you believe? Do you believe that God exists? This leads us to the next statement made by these guys. They said, we are the clay and you are the porter. We are all formed by your hand. They acknowledged their state and realized how helpless they were and identified and submitted to the sovereignty of the Almighty God. The clay has no mind of its own, no will or desire. When we see a molded clay, it shows us what the porter was thinking at the time. So the clay reflects the mind of the porter. The clay does not resist the intentions of the porter, The porter could decide to make one into a cup, another into a kettle, and the other into whatever he wills. In other words, the clay is a manifestation of the porter's will. On the other hand, if a clay is not malleable, there are limited things it can become. If it's also not flexible, it could break in the molding process. So let's look at a few subheadings to see how we could change and be better, just like the children of God turn to him. Number one, thoughts. If you examine your life, is it a reflection of God's thoughts or yours? Hebrews 3 puts it this way, But Jesus deserves more glory than Moses, just as a person who builds a house deserves more praise than the house itself. Find that in Hebrews 3.3. When you see a building in the most beautiful part of town, you don't praise the building, but the one who designed it. The glory goes to the architect and builder. And the Bible says we are God's building. So our lives ought to reflect the thoughts of God and bring Him glory. Number two, the will. Whose will prevails in your life, yours or God's? Who calls the shots? Do you consider it important checking with God on your decisions? The difference between humans and the clay is that we have a mind, but we ought to lean on God's guidance even though we have a mind. Wise words from King Solomon says, Do not lean on your understanding. Do you make your decisions and bring them to God for approval or you involve God in the decision-making process? Some people involve friends and family, but not God. When you get confused, who do you run to for advice? Do you pray or you just go with what your friends say, even if it doesn't tally with what's in the Bible? Does it matter to you what God says about your situation? Number three, are you malleable? 
Are you willing to let God make of you what he intends? He created us all and has a perfect plan for us according to his perfect will. The clay that refuses to be molded cannot fulfill the purpose the potter has for it. In being resistant, it could break. So my question again to you is, are you resisting God's will for your life? What is God calling you into? Has he asked you to submit to a certain authority to go through the process of pruning? One of the most difficult things to do is submit as an expert. But Jesus showed us how easy it is to submit by washing the feet of his disciples and drying it with his clothes. Has God asked you to serve in a team, but you're reluctant because you don't like the group leader? Well, that could be your building process, learning to love everyone unconditionally and submitting to authority. A verse for the day again before we wrap. And yet, O Lord, you are our Father. We are the clay and you are the porter. We all are formed by your hand. Before I leave you today, what are some life lessons we could learn from this verse? Number one, we determine the pace of our relationship with God. Number two, God remains God whether we like it or not, but it is for our benefit if we submit to his will. Number three, but not the least, God has a good plan for you, but he needs your cooperation to bring it to pass. Let us pray. Dear Lord, we thank you for your blessed word which you have received today. I'm asking God that you help us to submit to your authority and your sovereignty. Help us, O oh God, to just love you and just fall in love with you again. And help us to submit to your will. Lord, help us not to be resistive, O oh God, to the molding process. Help us, Lord, to just obey simple obedience in our lives. Help us not to struggle, O oh God, even with your word that we've heard. We ask for this grace, O oh God, today and forever, for myself and for all the listeners. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Thank you for tuning in to the podcast today. We'll see you tomorrow by God's grace. God bless you. Bye-bye.